Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of An American F1, and it is the post-Spanish GP tidbits, and I know it's a little late, it's a Friday, I tried to record on Tuesday, then I tried to record on Thursday, it's been a chaotic week here in New York, uh, our friends to the north in Canada, you know, we've had those little wildfires, and smoke has just been filling up in here, and uh, you know, the good news is, the smoke is cleared around here, I hear that in Montreal, it's clearing up, or it's not so bad, the air quality there. So we will have the Montreal GP, but I'm really here to break down or talk about the Spanish GP, just some thoughts and uh, some other F1 news as we usually do on our post-race tidbits. And this is kind of like our in-between race week tidbits as well. So let's get into it. The Spanish GP, what did you guys think? Now, one of the first things that came to mind as I was watching the Spanish GP or watching the race weekend in general is that you know, I understand that lately our races really have just been all Max Verstappen. It's been the Max Verstappen show. I mean, there's no driver since probably Lewis Hamilton in the, you know, Mercedes dominant era that has just been so consistent. And, you know, the margins of victory, Max could basically do anything he wants. It doesn't matter what tires he puts in, where he starts. You know that at some point there's a very good likelihood he will be challenging for a win or if not winning the race. And his really only title rival looks like he's out of shape for sorts is Sergio Perez, who just had another mid-qualifying effort and, you know, really didn't step up as much in the race as well. So I don't think Sergio's title hopes are looking too positive. And we know Red Bull is really going to put that focus to Max Verstappen and Verstappen is going to be a three-time champion. It's pretty much all sealed and delivered. Um, you know, there are rumors that Aston Martin, who, by the way, had another terrible race. Uh, not another terrible race, but had really a lackluster weekend in Spain. They're expecting the challenge for podiums again, if you heard Fernando Alonso after the Spanish GP. Basically saying that, you know, this is going to be the last non-podium race. It's going to be all podiums from here on out. So we'll see what happens with Aston Martin. We'll see what their development looks like. But Fernando Alonso seems like a man driven. And honestly, I could see Aston Martin fighting back, especially if their upgrades are what they say they are. But really the one big takeaway I want to mention is that although the races haven't been as exciting as I think we've been hoping for with these new packages, I mean, you know, when the, news, when the new rules package came out, there was this overwhelming hope that there would be increased competitiveness, that the racing would be closer, that we would have more seasons like 2021 and less like 2020 and less like 22 and 23, that we'd have these more competitive seasons. And I think to an extent, we have seen glimpses of hope with the midfield, but at the top of F1, which I mean, again, I've been saying this week in and week out. The, the nature of the sport is when teams nail regulations, when teams nail car development, you will have these big margins of victories. And I know that Red Bull showed their floor at Monaco, but realistically, and if you've heard Helmut Marco, Christian Horner, the various Red Bull guys talk about this, it, yes, their floor was exposed, but to, I'm going to use a fancy word here, to homologate that into, to bring it into a full car concept isn't exactly easy. And we've seen that with teams also going with the uh, 
the Red Bull style side pods as well. Yes, you might design a car like that, but at the same time to actually nail that is difficult. And, you know, it's funny kind of getting into that too. Isn't it quite amazing to see the difference between a Red Bull floor and a Williams floor? I mean, it is crazy. The Red Bull floor has these, and even Mercedes that we saw, you know, these floors from some of these teams have, you know, just are a work of art, a work of aerodynamic and engineering art, which is one of the beauties about Formula One, right? That it's like, you got to admire Formula One for the fact that it kind of combines art with engineering, that to design the most perfect racing car, you need to have this almost functional art. And then you look at the Williams. I mean, you know, if Red Bull is the Mona Lisa, the Williams 4 is like a sketch that uh, Kindergartner makes. I mean, not to hate on Williams, but it is so basic. And it's, you know, and I understand Williams is not a big budget team. And, you know, I mean, we do have the cost cap, but still, you can just tell Williams is not there developmentally wise. And you could tell why it is a team that is struggling. But anyway, a big takeaway from these last two races, Monaco and Spanish GP, the Monaco GP and the Spanish GP. Qualifying has been absolute bonkers. It's been bangers after banger. I think qualifying in some ways has been more exciting than the races we've seen. Monaco had and probably one of the most amazing qualifying sessions of the year. And that battle between Alonso, Ocon, and Verstappen ultimately taking the pole was epic. I mean, it was the thing. It was It's what you want to see in Formula 1. That's the kind of competition we want to see in a race. You know, these drivers really laying it all on the edge, laying it all um, to get the most out of their cars. But at the same time, we had the race, which was rather procedural. The Spanish GP, same situation. Qualifying for the Spanish GP was actually insane. I mean, it was stuff that puts you on the edge of your seat. I mean, we had drivers bailing out early. We had Charles Leclerc struggling. We had drivers in the surprise top three. Lando Norris with an absolute nailing the qualifying effort. Like, just an absolute great effort by Lando Norris. And really, that's the stuff we want to see as Formula One fans. We love this competition. I mean, qualifying was amazing we had team we had red bull ferrari mclaren and alpine mercedes and aston martin a haas that's like seven different teams in the top 10 we had drivers like pierre gasly qualifying fourth we had nico hulkenberg qualifying eighth lando norris getting into third so it was quite an epic qualifying effort. And we had drivers that struggled. We had, you know, Charles Leclerc had some problems with his Mercedes. We had some surprises like Perez qualifying 11th, George Russell qualifying 12th. And it did kind of set up these interesting moves throughout the race for drivers to overtake. And that's really where we're going to talk about. The racing itself, you know, I know we're hoping for more with these rule packages. But, I mean, right off the bat. Carlos Sainz made it so easy for Max Verstappen to pass on lap one. And, of course, you had that Lando Norris and Hamilton contact. And, listen, I don't think the McLaren was going to be fast enough to really challenge greatly. But, man, that was just binning it on behalf of 
Lando Norris just setting up his race for disaster from the beginning and getting into it with Lewis Hamilton. Oh my God, I totally forgot to mention the whole George and Lewis thing, you know, just brought back shades of, uh, brought back shades of a previous Spanish Grand Prix with a certain Nico Rosberg. But yeah, I mean, Lando Norris absolutely binning it in the beginning, getting into contact with Lewis Hamilton. And I thought some of the racing was good. I mean, we had George Russell moving through the field. We had Stroll basically dropping off from his qualifying effort. Um, you know, Piastri was trying to make some moves. We had the Haas just absolutely looking like... It's so crazy. The Haas, like, it kind of reminds me... What was that, 2019 or 2020, I think? No, I think it was 2019 because 2020 Haas was, like, the start of the really bad Haas era. But I think in 2019... Uh, with uh, Grosjean and Magnussen, we had the Haas that, you know, could be fast for that one lap in qualifying. And we've seen time and time again, either Nico Hulkenberg, it's mostly Hulkenberg this year, but the Haas just absolutely nails it in qualifying. And then the race pace just is off. And I don't know if it's a tire thing, if it's a, you know, just a car pace thing, but it is like night and day qualifying and then the race. Uh, we had Sergio Perez walking his way through, you know, going through the field, but Really, at the end of the day, not enough for Perez. Again, getting a fourth-place finish, not ending up on the podium. Um, we had drivers like Yuki, Guanzhou, Zhou Guan Yu, um, and Hulkenberg just, you know, end up dropping back. But um, Tsunoda, Zhou Guan Yu just working their way through the field. And props to Zhou Guan Yu again, quietly getting another point, a ninth-place finish. Uh, Yuki should have ended up a little better. He did get that penalty. But we had these drivers that just, you know, looked okay. And uh, we had Carlos Sainz again getting into trouble with Ferrari. I mean, it's like Ferrari can never nail a strategy. Like, I don't understand. It's got to be so frustrating working with Ferrari sometimes because they just seem to not absolutely nail it and just throw away positions. And then we get into, uh, really, I think the the main takeaway, aside from Max Verstappen just being absolutely dominant, was the pace of their Mercedes. And it makes you wonder, have they found their groove with these updates? So Mercedes, you know, brought, basically threw away their zero pod concept at Monaco and now brought back this uh, sloped side pod, similar to Red Bull not going to call it Red Bull Part 2 or Red Bull Black, but the Mercedes seems promising. I've heard some rumors that Montreal there may might not be so good, but their performance at the Spanish GP, you know, qualifying aside with George Russell, but Hamilton had a good qualifying, and the race itself, the cars demonstrated good pace. Maybe not enough to creep in and break the Red Bull, but we might see that second place and the constructors get a little juicy between Mercedes and Aston Martin if Mercedes can continue this development that they have. Um, but again, we want to see how Aston Martin's going to clap back because Fernando Alonso claims that they're going to be on the podium for the rest of the season or at least contending for the podium. I mean, it was an absolute lackluster race for Aston Martin. You know, one of those... But, you know, teams are due for an outlier race. I would say teams from Aston Martin on back or due for an outlier race, either good or bad. Uh, you know, Red Bull, for Red Bull to have a disaster race is probably unlikely unless they take each other out or, you know, they have mechanical issues, something like that. But, yeah, the big takeaway, wondering what Mercedes is going to do, how this development for Mercedes is going to work out. And right now, if you're a Mercedes fan, are you feeling a little better? 
Are you feeling a little good that you got, you know, a 2-3 finish, you know, another double podium between Russell and Hamilton? I think you got to be feeling good. I think you got to be feeling like there's some promise that maybe, you know, really the constructors, this battle, we got Mercedes now jumping up, you know, it, it could be this back and forth between Aston Martin and Mercedes for second in the constructors, and it's going to be hard fought. And really the driver standings too, you know, if you're looking out for third place, it's kind of juicy. Even second place with Sergio Perez not having these great performances. Fernando Alonso's right there. To be fair, Lewis is right there. Um, it's going to get spicy. It's going to get interesting. I don't think, listen, as good of a driver Sergio Perez and as much as he has the Red Bull backing, I can't guarantee. I don't feel comfortable saying that, yeah. Sergio Perez is going to finish second in the constructors. I I don't know. There are times where he absolutely nails the pace, and there are times where he just absolutely looks like, for lack of a better word, like crap. And yet, he finished fourth, and you know, you could say what you want about his drive at the Spanish Grand Prix. Grand Prix, wow, I said it like a real gringo over there. Uh, Grand Prix, right? You could say what you want about that, but at the end of the day, Sergio Perez needs to step up with, you know, there have been times where we've seen Sergio Perez just absolutely like shit the bed in qualifying, just not be there with the pace in qualifying. And then it really does cost him his race. You know, who's to say if Sergio Perez starts fourth at the Spanish Grand Prix, he's probably fighting for second, if not first, if he's in that top five, but having to work his way through the crowd, starting 11th. You can't do that all the time. Binning it at Monaco. Eventually, that's going to catch up to you. And I don't know how confident I feel in Sergio Perez's ability to fight for a championship. I know. And the same thing happened last season where Sergio Perez said, you know, I'm going to be fighting for a championship. Well, you're going to really have to start to step up and hope. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but there's going to have to be some serious issues on Max's side. And I just don't see it happening. Literally, okay. It's fair to say, and people are probably going to get mad at this, but there's always this age-old debate, right? There's these generational drivers. And, you know, Schumacher was one. You could even rank Fernando Alonso up in there. I really think Fernando Alonso never quite had the equipment maybe he deserved or the car he deserved. Um, Fernando Alonso seems to outdrive everything that he's in. So I'm going to rank Fernando Alonso up there as one of the best drivers, but... In terms of generational championship winning drivers, Michael Schumacher, without a doubt. Lewis Hamilton, without a doubt. And Max Verstappen is leading this new generation of drivers. You know, the Charles Leclerc's, the Lando Norris's, the Alexander Albon's, Pierre Gasly's, Ocon's of the world, George Russell's of the world. Right now at this moment, Max Verstappen is that generational championship leader, driver that is just absolutely bonkers when it comes to controlling a car mr consistency i mean this is a guy who rarely makes a mistake he's matured a lot as a driver i think getting that first quote-unquote championship out of the way in 21 was a big step we've seen how he performed not just this year but last year as well just really getting the most out of that car and, you know, he's deserving of the championships he's earned. So, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to the Montreal Grand Prix. I love Montreal as a track. I think it could be an interesting race. There's always the hope that maybe some weather will mess around with it. Um, but again, really, unless these other teams start stepping up, we're just going to see Red Bull domination after Red Bull domination after Red Bull domination. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I know people get turned off by the lack of, I guess, fights for the lead and competitions for the lead. But in a way, that's kind of always been the history of Formula One. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But it's just the nature of the sport sometimes when you have a sport that uh, rewards good development. You're bound to have teams that just absolutely nail it and have these wide margins. So, um yeah, that was just my thoughts on the Spanish GP and the race weekend. And uh, really looking forward to Canada. I love it. I'm I'm loving that I don't have to wake up at 9 o'clock to watch the race. Um, I do love these morning races, but sometimes it does get a little exhausting. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Oh, and Lewis Hamilton apparently dating Shakira. So we got that as well. Man, she really loves those, like, mega rich sports athletes, huh? But, hey, honestly, Lewis Hamilton seems like a guy... I would want to, like, you know, sit down and have a drink with and talk with. But anyway, let's get ready for the Montreal Grand Prix. I'll try to come back to you guys with a timely podcast next week, hopefully Thursday, maybe Tuesday. We'll see how the week goes. Really want to talk more F1 news. Le Mans 24 is this weekend. Get hyped. Oh, my God. Just got to add one more thing about Le Mans. Listen, as an American, as a NASCAR fan as well, I got to say, Listen, I do love the endurance racing. I love the hypercars or, you know, I love the, you know, LMP2s, all that. But I got to say, the NASCAR next-gen car on that track, surrounded by all those other cars, is a behemoth, and I love it. It is like America. America. 100%. And I hope it survives the 24 hours because it is just freaking cool. And that's all I got to say. It should be some good racing, actually. Kamui, you know, a lot of uh, Kobayashi's in it. Uh, I think not Kubitsa, but there's a lot of good drivers in it. It'll be an entertaining race. Try to catch it when you can. And uh, enjoy. So I'll be back with you guys next week talking the Montreal GP. Let's get hyped. Race weekend is almost here. Watch Le Mans 24. It'll be a fun time. Talk to you guys next week.